I think early founders will be better off thinking about security earlier mm -hmm. than later because it does become a blocker. And the blocker becomes when, for example, they try to do a POC for one of the Fortune 500 companies. And then they get a huge security questionnaire that they have, you know, they're having a hard time understanding where to start. Right. I think early founders should put more security budget, more consciousness about their security because it is a blocker. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today we have with us Lior Klisman, co-founder of Sentent. Lior is an entrepreneur at heart, co-founder of Sentent, a successful and unique IT security and compliance firm for startups and emerging businesses. He takes great pride in his achievements, working with and advising hundreds of expanding companies with sensitive compliance requirements through their journey of explosive growth to acquisition. The Sentent team supports their clients with everything from cloud and application security to day-to-day -day IT operations. Lior is a lifelong technology nerd specializing in automation, infrastructures, and physical security systems. Lior Klisman, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders all the way from San Francisco. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me. No, no. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited for these 20 minutes to talk about you know, IT and talk about consultancy and talk about Sentent, which you're a partner at, and talk a bit about the way that you work with companies to provide some different thinking that they may not have in-house. And, and especially talking about you know, today's world where we have so many startups and so many high-tech companies and the need, perhaps, for an outsider to come and, and provide this different level of thinking and consultancy. So before we get into that, Leo, tell me a little bit about yourself and your own path and journey, which eventually led, led to you being a partner at Sentent. Awesome. So I'm from Israel, as you already know. Uh, was born into a family uh, that worked for the government. So security was uh, in my backbone. Uh, ever since I can remember myself, uh, security was a part of it. Uh, okay. Whether if it was intelligence, privacy, or secrecy. Uh, grew up in Tel Aviv, so very keen to see the environment. Uh, my career started, though, of course, as many of us in the Israeli Defense Forces, where I was in intelligence units, uh, helping create solutions for security systems. Uh, won't be able to provide more details, but uh, I assume you can think of what that, uh, what that entitles to. Uh, my career started... Uh, in the U.S., actually, about uh, 11 years ago, almost 12, uh, when I moved to New York, I worked for private uh, security organizations overseeing uh, enterprise installations for Fortune 500 companies and many consulates and embassies. Uh, we did infrastructure, security systems, and the majority was access control and biometrics. So that was a really fun and paradigm time for me to see how the world of security was from the typical old burglar alarm systems into a full video surveillance in closed circuits, whether if it's biometric or facial recognition, starting from 2D, moving on to 3D, again, spoofing. Uh, that's where my career draws. 
and then decided uh, to open Sentent with a lovely business partner uh, to provide uh, and disrupt the market of uh, managed services providers. Uh, we both have worked at other MSPs and other startups prior to Sentent, and we have seen a lot of things that worked, and we have seen a whole lot of things that didn't work so well. So we try to take both realms and combine them into a one-stop shop for all of our clients' technology and security and compliance needs. Amazing. What we so, call total IT compliance <laughs> and security. <laughs> obviously, we'll go straight for the interesting parts. What, what doesn't work? So what have you noticed across a pattern uh, that didn't work for tech companies, especially in, in your expertise in IT? Yep. The main thing that, they, that didn't work, I think it was the complete approach to the IT and a managed services model. Mm. The older model was based on a lot of legacy systems. So if you know, if we're talking 10, 15 years back, the typical outsourcing IT model was let's bring on customers, charge them per user, put on them our preferred softwares and applications for us to be able to better monitoring them and better support them. Basically, simply said, being a value-added reseller. Right. We believe that in this day and age, given that there is so many B2B SaaS companies, and all of them are pay-as-you-go, meaning you can go into their website, sign up for the services, choose your package, and get going. We want to be the same. So we have completely moved away from that model and coming from a model to be a trusted advisor. We want our customers to feel that we're just a part of their team, that there is no difference between if they hired three or four people or if they hired my company, Sentence. I think that's the biggest gap that we needed to understand how to bridge between really being there for our clients internally rather than being this outside consultant that, pushing, that pushes on them products, software, hardware, and that doesn't have their best interest in mind. Right. I think that's the biggest gap. Yep. What are the problems that companies may face so that they would need this assistance and that you would be a good fit for them? What are those types of yep. problems? We usually narrow them to three subjects. One of them is if the company does not have an internal IT team. Usually those companies are more receptive of either a CTO or director of engineering, head of people wearing those hats for scalability, for growth of the team, onboarding, offboarding, or for security and compliance. Of course, there are too many hats that a single person can wear. So that's kind of our first entry to some companies, is to save the time, which is the biggest pain point for them. They want to free up their plate so they can focus on their product and features, which right is more important than focusing on a, their IT systems. And just for clarification, because you know, today you know, IT can mean for a lot of things, so what tangibly would you, be ex would, you be, would you be specializing in the world of IT within, within companies? So we would take their entire day-to-day -day support and administration, okay. meaning a common task that many of our clients need our help with is onboarding and offboarding of their users is the complete a to Z of, of that topic. So the purchasing, the provisioning of the accounts, whether if it's a new person that got hired or whether if it's an existing employee that got offboarded. 
that's pretty much our number one task. The second task will be to help customers achieve compliance certifications. For example, SOC, SOC 2 compliance, ISO, HIPAA, and to stand in those regulatory... Um, um, sure. So I think those are the two biggest, biggest pain points that companies will come to us and that will explore the possibility of working with an outside vendor is to free up the time so they can focus on what they need to focus and provide a posture that is fits the this day and age security risks and help their team scale. So I'm curious, of course, as you well know, you're coming into a company and you're coming from the outside. You have expertise in the technology processes, organizational behavior, but you're coming into a new company. You're interacting with new people, new cultures, new leadership. What share with me sort of the journey that you're on? As let's say that I'm a new company that comes to work with you, what, what is sort of the journey that you would have to go through yourself to come into my organization in a healthy way and very efficiently and quickly help me with the things that I need help with? Absolutely. I think the number one most important will be to understand the company's pain point. Okay. What's the reason for needing an IT? I think before that, everything else is vague. Before understanding the pain point of if it's either free and up the time or needing more support because they have exponential growth or it's whether that they have a security questionnaire that their head of sales are blocked on that they need to close the deal. Those will be sort of types that we will try to understand at our very first conversations so we can better create a package that works for our client's intention. When we start working with such clients, we perform what we call a discovery phase. The discovery phase is pretty much our first handshake, for example, between myself and you, Michael. During that time, we understand the lay of the land. We get to see how things are laid out. How's the architecture looking? How's the infrastructure looking? Where's the company currently at? And where's the company wants to go you know, a couple of years from today? Because it's not only where you're at now, it's where you're trying to be. Sure. Of course, many startups, as I don't need to tell you, they're trying to either get acquired or become public. Whatever the business decision may be at the end goal, we want to push them toward that goal. I see. So during the discovery phase, it allows us to understand the lay of the land. So when we actually start supporting a client, we're very familiar and very knowledgeable on their environment to be able to make necessary recommendation to upscale their IT posture, their security posture, and be able to support them on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. So it sounds to me that you're not just helping them with the things, okay, so I'm coming and saying, these are the IT needs that I have right now, but you're actually saying, well, that may be what you have now, but where, where do you want to get to? And because we know that you're going to need A, B, C, D, and you better start preparing now, and we could be we could help you prepare for that, even if you're not there yet. But this is what you're going to need, especially when we're talking to liquidation events, acquisitions, mergers and acquisitions, etc. Absolutely, and we have a big enough team with a lot of different layers of experience to be able to make those right decisions and right recommendations, not just from just an IT, but IT security operations. We understand how all the teams interact with each other at any given organization, and we want to see what's their end goal. 
Where sure. are they trying to get to? Right. Now, so a bit of outside you? the think thinking. Yeah. What surprised you along the way as you're working on this and as you're meeting more and more clients and you're working with companies, what, what is non-trivial that, that you're taking away from this experience that you perhaps didn't know before, perhaps I couldn't know without you having gone through your experience myself? I think the first thing that comes to mind when you've said it, it was there was a huge bridge where smaller companies and smaller founders, as they're so busy focusing on their product and features, time was not put into, into consideration when it comes to security and IT and scalability of the team. Because every startup, as you well know, want to scale their team and grow, whether if they just got their seed stage or whether if they got their series A, they need to make a lot of hiring. Right. There's not a lot of thought process because there, isn't, there wasn't a lot of time to think about, okay, how can we now bring on 30 more people or 50 more people or 100 sure. more people to our team? A lot of things will have to change and there's a whole lot of new requests that are going to come from those new hires. Right. So I think that's one of the best examples to give uh, to your question. Right. Now, as you're working with these companies, do you usually find that you have to do a lot of explaining as to, you know, especially if we're talking about the greater scope of what they may, what their IT needs may be down the line? Is it more focusing on, on their current needs, their future needs? And how much of this is changing consumer behavior from your perspective that you feel that you need to do sort of in educating the market versus being the execution arm? Yep. So I think it changes between a smaller companies and a larger company. A larger company have most of the time faced with some of the obstacles. So they know the biggest players, if it's for provisioning or whatnot. Sure. And they know a little bit from hearing from their other colleagues of what an architecture should be. Where smaller startups, let's say, just got their pre-seed or just got their seed, we see there is a lot of miscommunication of what needs to be done. And there's a lot of education that needs to be put in to explain, okay, what are kind of the best of breed things that an organization needs to have in order to grow from an operation and scalability and security perspectives? Again, the smaller right. companies require more trainings. If it's security, security awareness training, they require more handhelding through creating those processes, creating procedures where bigger companies usually have at least a few implemented procedures and processes or policies that we need to take and tweak. Smaller companies, we really created from scratch. So that's the main differentiator and the distinction between a smaller company that's just starting off, out of the garage, per se, to a company that have, has more than 50 employees, that it's been in business for a few years, and got the founders or other people in the company have got to experience some obstacles. Right. So having worked with different clients, what is sort of a common thread amongst startups? And let's say, you know, obviously some people that are watching this are young entrepreneurs themselves or early stage entrepreneurs thinking through similar problems. What, what are some things that I as a young entrepreneur should keep in mind as I'm thinking through my own IT or security frameworks within my own organization already from the get-go, things that I may not be aware of, but you can share with me through your experiences. Absolutely. I think the number one most important will be security. I think early founders will be better off thinking about security earlier mm -hmm. than later. 
because it does become a blocker. And the blocker becomes when, for example, they try to do a POC for one of the Fortune 500 companies. And then they get a huge security questionnaire that they have, you know, they're having a hard time understanding where to start. Right. I think early founders should put more security budget, more consciousness about their security because it is a blocker. Mm. And also scaling the teams. You know, I talk to a lot of early founders from five people, 10 people, 12, 13. And a lot of them have the exact same question. Hey, we're about to get a new round of funding. How can we grow our team fast with the least amount of resistance? Well, there's few options to make sure that you can. I think those are conversations that I do see a paradigm that early founders are starting more and more to think about. Whether if we talked five, six years ago, that wasn't the case. I think enough VCs now do a good enough job talking about it as well, explaining the founders that that will become a blocker and thought should be put on those budgets. Uh, so I think that's where the distinction between, again, a smaller company and a larger company. That's earlier founders, security should be taken in consideration because in the end of the day, those are the sales. That's what's blocking from the company to grow. 100%. Neil, take me back a little bit in your journey. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, both what inspired you to go into this, into this world and say, this is what you want to do now. But, but even before that, Go back to your childhood, so, you know, pre-army, you know, back before Sentin. Where, you know, where does your curiosity lie? What really fascinates you in this world? So there's two things that fascinated me. One of them was geography. Uh, my parents took me at a very early age to Belgium. So I studied in the International School of Brussels. Uh, that's where I pride a lot of my entrepreneurship skills as I needed to meet people from all over the world and be able to, uh, to adapt myself into a new environment and make new friends. Right. Earlier than that, I really had a passion for technology. Because of course, the dot-com boom in their early 90s. Thankfully, both of my parents were in technology. So I got to see a lot of hardware, I would call it. Not yet the software, but the hardware. And one of my earlier passions was taking hardware components, if my parents would buy me a computer or I remember the first PlayStation, and literally taking it apart and rebuilding it back together. Now, if to tell you most of the times I was successful, absolutely not. But that's where I started drawing my passion into technology and into problem solving. How can I take something broken and unbreak it, bring it back to its full self? But I think that's something that really talk with me throughout my career and throughout my life is how can I take problems that I see happening from a technology perspective and find a creative solution to them? That's, I think, the, the, the majority of my passion when it comes to technology. And so if you're looking today, what you're doing, working with, with clients and working with your partner and you know, seeing a variety of different problems in different companies, where, where do you get, gather your inspiration in the day-to-day? But the founders I work with, the, the amazing companies, founders, VCs that we work with, some people that we talk with are just brilliant. 
And it is amazing to see some founders' passion into making this world a better place. The excitement that comes out of them about their products and the things that they do or are passionate about, that keeps my drive going. Uh, I love one of the best experiences that myself as a founder of my company have to go through is seeing a company that we start working from a very small stages being bought or becoming public. I think that's a completion of all that we stand for, of being a family and understanding when is the time to let go and being proud and honored that we were able to take part of their journey from the garage to exploding. I think that's what keeps me, keeps me going. I love it. I love it. And if there were a few words that you would have to choose that you would describe yourself, if I were to ask anybody in your life, who's Leo Klisman, what, what, what words would come to mind? I think reliable, observant, and disciplined. Reliable, observant, and disciplined. I love it. Leo, thank you very, very much. Uh, it's, it's been a fantastic 20 minutes getting to know you know, this world and definitely leaves me thinking about, you know, what types of things I would need as a, as a founder and, and the way that I could leverage the environment around me, not just, you know, do everything myself, but think more critically, who are the right people that could help me, you know, strategically place myself in the future and, and constantly figure out, okay, if this is where I need to get, what, what are some of the requirements that would get me there? Things that maybe maybe not so trivial, uh, which goes back to the earlier part of our conversation. So, Leo, thank you very, very much. Stay safe and stay healthy. And best of luck with Sentent. And I, I can't wait to keep in touch. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. And I really appreciate it. Great conversation. Thank you.